what is up guys welcome to episode two of the grid iron things podcast we we come back after about three four weeks after the first episode um i'm deuce i'm Doug, and welcome to another episode of the grid iron things and we've got so much to cover today we've got college football and NFL football, preseason football. We've just got so much to go over. Um, but we're going to start out with one of the bigger pieces of news for college football, which is the NIL deal situation, which has kind of gotten out of control lately. With the main one over the past uh, month being the Miami recruit agrees to a $9.5 million NIL deal to join the Miami Hurricanes. I've seen that. Uh, my honest opinion on that, I really don't know how to feel about that. I mean, like nowadays, college football is a business. It's all about who can offer you the most money. Um, like, for instance, I know you've seen it. A uh, four-star recruit, Demetrius Bell, just decommitted from Michigan. Uh, I've heard that schools have offered him twice as much money that Michigan has offered Michigan State. So, I mean, like I said, college is just a business, and it's about yeah. who can offer you the most money. And there and there are so many more cases of, of uh, you know, just NIL stuff in general going on. Like Hooters has signed 51 college offensive linemen nationwide to NIL deals. Another one. Uh, Bryce Young gets a deal with uh, Dr. Pepper. USC wide receiver Jordan Addison signs a deal with United Airlines. And finally, Dakotis Crawford agrees to a NIL deal with an uh, air conditioning company, funny enough. <laughs> what the world? Like, the NIL deals is just like, what, what is it like? What is their face going to be on for some of these brands? Uh, right. Commercials, just, just name, just name and likeness. Yeah, just really, names yeah. and likenesses. That's well. Yeah, it's a business, so I respect it. Got to get your money I, somewhere. I guess. I I guess you you get around how you get around. But is this gonna impact like the game? Is this gonna impact? Uh, this is. I don't even know why I'm asking that question because of course it's gonna impact the game. It's gonna impact the integrity of why you're going where you're going. You know, exactly. People would go to some college for uh you know personal reasons sometimes and mm -hmm. it, it's a financial reason now wherever you go there's gonna be like a financial benefit to where you're going now uh 99 of the time so you're yeah. gonna see more people going to these uh places that didn't get as many recruits before because they're offering them things like money cars uh just lots of other things that would be like like insane, like nine point five million dollars just to come to the school. Exactly, well, that's crazy. I still can't believe that until this day. Like nine point five mil. Crazy. That's insane. So we, it for the coming months and really the coming years, we will see how much money in these NIL deals really affect the uh, college football landscape. Nothing like this ever like lasts as long because of 
reasons, but I mean, I don't think it's going to last. Yeah, there's a reason think, like this that this wasn't a thing for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll just see how it goes in the long run. Yeah. Um, but staying on the topic of college football and money, the Big Ten did just sign a seven billion dollar TV deal for uh their conference to be on a basically just be on television more seven billion dollars and and that's insane money in college football is insane like they it feels like they have unlimited amounts of money to spend whether that's on recruits or tv deals or wherever it's going it seems like the money is just so huge um but it's kind of nice to know that some of that money is actually going back to the athletes for once exactly Athletes weren't getting paid for such a long time, so I mean, at least they're getting paid now. Yeah, for their hard work. And also sticking with college football, Nick Saban agrees to an extension through 2030. Is he the greatest coach in uh, football history? I think so, honestly. Between him and um. Like we were talking about this the other day, I think weren't we between him and Coach K in college? I believe so. Sports in general, in sports, in sports history, coaches. nobody's touching Nick Saban and Coach K. Like Coach K, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick are in a league of their own. Best three coaches to ever do it. Most winning things. I don't even know how to say that word, but you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got winning in their spirit. If you're if you're playing up under them, you're special. Yeah, Nick Saban through 2030, and really that's not even the entirety of the deal. Nick Saban has a lifetime contract, so he can, so basically he can coach for however as long as he wants. Mm-hmm. Not lim- he's not limited to 2030. Surprisingly, it's Nick Saban. <clears throat> what yeah. will come in and replace his spot? Right, exactly. But should be told, once he leaves. I doubt they get half as many recruits as they used to. Yeah, Nick's guy. Because mm-hmm. I, I ain't going to say that Dynasty is going to fall down, but once he leaves, I don't think it's going to be just Bama anymore. Mm. Okay. And now... For the final college football topic, we will uh, be going over this article from the NCAA website of the nine most likely FCS over FBS upsets for the 2022 college football season. I'm going to share my screen on Riverside. Oh, uh, the most likely uh, FCS schools that might be able to beat an FBS school. Oh, okay. I'm going to share the screen window. Not Chrome tab. There we go. There we go. All right. The first of which we have Bryant uh, at FIU. FIU finished 1-11 last year with its one win coming against LIU, a school that Bryant beat by 45 points. In 2022, Bryant returns quarterback Zevi Ekos, a signal caller entering its second season who can lead the Bulldogs to the upset. 
one. Uh, I mean, I, I, I couldn't tell you anything about that. Nah, I mean, yeah, I couldn't. T- I couldn't. I couldn't tell you anything about that. I've never heard of Bryant. I've, I've never at all. I've never heard of Zevi Akis. Looking forward to it this year, though. Now that I, I, know I, a bit. I, I project that there's going to be a lot of upsets. Yeah. Okay, number two, Central Connecticut State versus UConn. UConn lost to Holy Cross last year, and since 2018 has beat FCS opponents by an average of only 5.3 points. That's a good sign for Central Connecticut State team that recently won the NEC title in 2019. UConn is most notably known for their women's uh, basketball program. Yeah, um, and they're not really football. much good at anything else. Yeah. So I, I believe, I believe that. Next one, South Dakota State at Iowa. Hmm. The last time Iowa lost to an FCS opponent was 2016. The Hawkeyes were ranked number 13 when they lost to MVFC powerhouse North Dakota State. Fast forward to 2022, another MVFC powerhouse, South Dakota State, heads to Iowa. This time, Hawkeyes are unranked. Truth be told, and that one right there, I genuinely think those two teams are equally matched. But, you know. Iowa Iowa is a weird uh, football team for me. Yeah, it is. I just can't wrap my mind about who they are. I don't think they know who they are. I, I think we'll come to find tight end country. Yeah, I, yeah they were, really. They release a lot of tight ends. Oh, we're getting – when we get to week three, we're getting some really good ones. Next one, UC Davis at Cal. Cal finished 2021 with a 5-7 and record. UC Davis finished in 2021 in the FCS playoffs. Let – FCS football's premier running backs, Alonzo Gilliman Jr. UC Davis proved it has what it takes to shock the Golden Bears last year when they landed the first FCS over F- FBS upset of the season. I couldn't tell you anything about either of these teams. Right. I, I didn't watch neither of them last year. I'm not going to lie to you. So, uh, I love to see a good upset, though. Yeah. Next one, we got Holy Cross at Buffalo. Holy Cross is the three-time defending Patriot League champion led by a dominant defense and a returning quarterback, Matthew Sluka Jr. The Crusaders visited a Buffalo team that finished 4-8 and eight last year, losing to teams like Nebraska. This game screams upset. Again, I couldn't tell you anything about Holy Cross. I couldn't yeah, tell you anything I, about I Buffalo. No, about them teams. <laughs> I mean, I, I watched a little bit of Buffalo. I like Buffalo, actually. But, I mean, oh, shit. We are actually getting into some really good ones these last four. The next one, Montana State at Oregon State. Oregon State finished with its first winning season in eight years in 2021. The Beavers host FCS runner-up Montana State in Week 3, a team that consistently ranks among the best in the subdivision. We'll find out if Oregon State's 2021 success was a sign of progress or flash in the pan quickly when the Bobcats come to town. Now, I couldn't tell you about Montana State, but Oregon State absolutely looked better than previous years last year in 2021. They did finish with their first winning season in eight years. 
Um, and I think they'll continue to build on that this year. So I don't think this happens. Yeah, I don't think Montana State upsets upsets Oregon, especially Oregon now. This next one, um, another kind of if you North Dakota State again at Arizona. Uh, Arizona was one and eleven in two thousand twenty-one, finishing as one of the worst teams in the FBS. North Dakota State finished as the best team in the FCS, winning its ninth title in eleven years. The last time the Bison played an FBS opponent, they upset a ranked team. Not a good sign if you're a Wildcat fan hoping for an easy win. Yeah, definitely got India issue. I can't lie. They always yeah. got they've been having a good little program for the last few years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bison, uh, you know, the school Trey Lance came from. You don't see a lot of FCS guys uh getting that kind, especially drafted at like what was he drafted at three? Yeah, top three. Like like that's a that's a crazy thing. What is this? Oh, it's nothing. Um, and the second to last one, Chattanooga at Illinois. Illinois finished 2021 with a five and seven record, but three of its wins were by one possession. Meanwhile, Chattanooga is the predicted favorite in the SOCON, coming off of a six and five season with all Americans on the offense and defensive lines. The mocks have the size matchup and compete with the Illinois and potentially. Land the upset. I didn't watch much of Chattanooga. I didn't even tell you. I have. I, I, yeah. I couldn't tell you anything about Chattanooga. <laughs> I couldn't tell you a lot about any of these schools, really. Yeah, but I know Illinois. There's no like super crazy upset in here. Nah, not really. And the last of which, Sacramento State at Cal- uh, Colorado State. Colorado State lost by 19 points to an FCS opponent in 2021 en route to a nine, I mean three and nine season. Sacramento State is the reigning Big Sky champion. These are two teams headed in opposite directions entering the season. Week four has all the markings of an upset. Again, for the probably the ninth time, I could not tell you anything about Sacramento State or Colorado State. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> and that's will conclude our list. What's what, Let me see what I got next for you guys. Oh, of course. Now we're going to get into uh, NFL territory, and we're going to have a, just a, a quick little preseason rundown, uh, just stuff that we've seen over the preseason, just uh, just shooting off the dome, some uh, some notes from the preseason. Um, you you want to start with something that you've seen from somebody during this preseason? Um, I really, to be honest, games. I'm not going to lie to you. The preseason games have not really been entertaining to me. Having a preseason game, I think I might have called like half of the. I might have called like half of the uh, Bucks versus the Titans. Uh, It looked like a JV game out there. Yeah, it wasn't. It was was definitely a feel it gives off. Yeah, I mean that's how most that's the vibe most um preseason game give give just give off team vibes. Yeah, but I mean you know it is what it is. I don't really watch much of it. Um, a guy that 
everybody's been talking about this preseason, or a couple guys everybody's been talking about this preseason, have been uh, George Pickens, one of which – Oh, George yeah. Pickens uh lighting it up in preseason had the uh had the amazing toe tap in the back of the end zone mm-hmm. from the ball from Mason Rudolph had a couple of nice plays pushed the DB over uh George Pickens is looking like uh you know maybe 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 next AB mm-hmm. with all the bad parts included right being a menace NFL young boy <laughs> yeah um so We'll see if this comes back to bite them as Jordan Love throws an interception right here live in the uh, Packers and Chiefs game that might get taken back for six, and it doesn't. Um, uh, The other guy that's been the highlight of preseason is Malik Willis. Malik Willis had a couple great plays in uh, his two preseason games where he played a couple series. Um, I wouldn't get too excited if I were a Titans fan. I, I didn't see anything like – crazy from Malik Willis he's still super raw he's still uh he still has a lot he can work on like decision making where he puts the ball but he has a lot of potential uh he had that uh impressive run where he juked out Kyle Hamilton and just sprinted past the defensive line um he had a lot a lot of flashes of greatness but he still has a lot to work on but I am excited to see what he can uh potentially be yeah, I've seen a few of the highlights of uh, some of his games. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, he definitely needs to work on a few things, like you said, his ball placement and stuff, because, like, you can tell that he's still new and adjusting to the game. That's why I feel like this year he kind of needs to sit back and deserve. The Titans really don't need to rush. Ryan Tannehill out of his contract didn't just let him play it out, let Malik Willis keep on building and improving, and then throw him in there. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. Uh I don't see him starting this season, but by next season, if Ryan Tannehill doesn't produce to the level that they want him to, I think Malik Willis gets that job. Oh, most definitely. Um, and speaking of uh, preseason and QBs, uh, we're going to do a quick rundown of the quarterback competitions in the NFL right now, which there are only two, uh, which is the Steelers' job, which consists of Mason Rudolph, Kenny Pickett, and Mitchell Trubisky, and the Seahawks' starting spot uh, with Geno Smith and Drew Locke. And we are going to start off with the Steelers' quarterback situation. Uh, ben Roethlisberger recently retired. He retired at the end of the um, 2021 season with his uh, original backup being Mason Rudolph, which in 2021 he played two games. Uh 60% completion percentage, uh, 277 yards, a touchdown interception, not much to go off of. But we've seen Mason Rudolph play uh, damn near a whole season in 2019. Uh, we we know who Mason Rudolph is. Every I think Steelers know who Mason Rudolph is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not for good reasons. Yeah. Um, Mason Rudolph is probably – most known for the getting hit, the guy that got hit in the helmet by Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that Kenny Pickett taking the starting spot. Yeah, with Mason Rudolph, you you know what you're getting, and it's not necessarily a good thing. All right. Uh, the next guy is Mitchell Trubisky, who they signed in free agency was a backup for the Bills last season. His last full season that he played, he uh played. Nine, ten games. He played. He started nine games. Uh, 
2,055 yards, 6.9 average, 16 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, took 18 sacks. Just, just, uh, I mean, Mitchell Trubisky, I think you know what you're getting as well. Not really. Well, I can't say that because in Chicago, he didn't really have a, a real shot to succeed. The 2018 season where the defense carried them to the playoffs and then the double doink happened. Um, I don't think Mitchell Trubisky had a fair chance in Chicago. And they kind of used him as a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. I mean, with Mitchell Trubisky, I feel like you're getting a dynamic QB. You're getting somebody that can move out the pocket at least. So, I mean, you just got to kind of protect him. Now, as far as his ball placement and all that, I really haven't seen much from Mitch in a while. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think – you exactly know exactly what you're getting with Mitchell Trubisky. It, it just is um, – he's definitely shown flashes on the Bears. He uh, was backup for the Bills last year, so we didn't get to see him play. Um, but it, it, would, it would just be a fun surprise to see what Mitchell Trubisky could be with the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially with this new offense not, that's not tailored to Ben Roethlisberger, sure. where we can see more of this offense kind of flesh out. And finally, the uh, the more likely guy to get this spot, the rookie out of Pitt, uh, quarterback Kenny Pickett, drafted with the number 20 pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. He finished his final college season with uh, 13 games played, 4,319 yards, 8.7 yard average, uh, 42 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and a QB rating of 165.3. They they said uh, Kenny Pickett was the most NFL-rated quarterback in the draft, and he was the only quarterback drafted in the first round. And I agree with all of that. Dude was definitely a great QB in yeah. the making. And he showed lots, lots of potential in that uh, preseason game versus Seattle, where he led the game-winning drive with uh, three seconds to go. I didn't even get to check that out. I heard about it, though. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Pickett was actually, like, 10 for 10 uh, to start out uh, his share of the game in uh, the Seattle game. So... And uh, a report came out a little earlier that uh, Kenny Pickett has recently kind of took a slight lead in the QB competition. So it's heating up, and we'll probably see all three quarterbacks play in Pittsburgh's next preseason game. And now on to the second and final quarterback competition, Seahawks between Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Geno Smith actually played a good portion of the 2021 season. He played four games. Uh, he went one and two in those games, 68% completion percentage, 702 yards, 7.4 average, five touchdowns and an interception. Now, Seahawks do know what they're getting out of Geno Smith. He's kind of your, your game manager guy that's going to hand the ball off and throw on third down. Yeah, that that's man. really all he was last season. I don't know if they'll make him more this season if he wins the starting job. But from my, what I saw out of him, he uh, 
I don't I don't think he really feels like he has much to lose, so he'll take a, a couple shots when they give him the chance. Uh, they didn't really believe in him much uh, in the Saints game, in the Steelers game, and they kind of wanted to keep it conservative. They ran the ball in, in the Pittsburgh game about 10 times in a row. Um, but you, you know what you're getting out of Geno Smith. You're getting a glorified game manager, uh, really. So – uh, that option is probably the safe option. He knows the system. He's been there for a while. He's been in Seattle uh, for for about three, four years. Um, so you definitely have a guy that knows your uh, your game play style, uh, how you want to do things. So Gino wouldn't be a terrible option, I yeah. guess, to uh, start. And he showed some pretty good uh, things in preseason. Uh, so. Really, uh, Gino would be the safe option. Yeah, that's the more so safe option. And now for the next option, you have Drew Locke. Um, Drew Locke was acquired by the Seattle Seahawks in a trade, uh, which the Broncos acquired Russell Wilson. Drew Locke, uh, 2021 season, he played six games, uh, went 0 3 in those games, 60% completion. Uh, 787 yards, 7.1 average, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, Drew Locke, still, we don't know who he is. He hasn't really had really the young. chance. He hasn't really had his moment to uh, have a chance. Denver almost gave up on him immediately and acquired Teddy Bridgewater, which didn't work. Um, I, th- I think Drew Locke still has a long way to go until you can actually give up on him. And I think Seattle's trying to give him that chance. There's still, uh, you know, viable competition in the preseason. Um, he'll play the final preseason game. He'll play a hum- what they said would be a huge portion of the game against Dallas tomorrow night. Um, but Geno Smith will uh, get the start. Well, we'll definitely see what he's made of. At least, yeah, Dulock did show um, some good flashes in the uh, Pittsburgh preseason game as well. So we will just have to see. And with the QB uh, competition uh, thing over, oh, okay. So now, who who do you think? Who are the two starters you think for this Pittsburgh Steelers and Seattle Seahawks? Um, personally, I would want to see Kenny Pickett as the starter of course over there at Pittsburgh. Uh, and I always had faith in Drew Locke ever since he was with the Broncos. So I kind of want to see him start, even though Geno would be the safer option. I just feel like Drew Locke is a lot more younger. He can give you more. That's how I feel about it. Um, the two uh that I think should start, I think Kenny Pickett should start for uh Pittsburgh. I think uh he was the most NFL ready quarterback in the class, and I think he uh I don't think I think Malik Willis has the most ceiling in that draft, but I think Kenny Pickett is the guy that you can uh throw in there on day one and he'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the Seattle Seahawks, I uh I think they, I think that they go with Geno as the safe option, but I believe that Drew Locke should get the uh, QB one spot because you have nothing to lose this season. 
there is absolutely nothing to uh, be looking forward to, really, unless there's a miracle that Gino or Drew Locke uh, comes uh, out of nowhere and is a top 20 QB by a miracle. Um, so I think you say you kind of say this is a transitional year. We have two first round picks next year, two second round picks next year. We got a lot of draft capital. Um, see what this young guy can do and see if he can win us a couple games. That's how I see it. Um, with so I think Drew Locke should get the start. Right. Okay. Um, next up, Jesse Bates. Um, for a while was not going to report to Bengals training camp because he wanted a new deal and did not want to sign the franchise tag. However, um, yesterday he did return to the Bengals and signed his franchise tag, a huge addition, um, a huge uh, retaining for the Bengals to keep their uh, their star safety at home. I mean, I understand he won his money, but, man, these players are getting more and more selfish by the day. Yeah, and <laughs> these contracts are getting insane. The deal Minka Fitzpatrick right. got, the deal Jamal Adams got, the deal Derwin got, um, the market just keeps evolving, and, and these teams are trying to build these super squads with all of this cap space going around, and it's insane. Jesse Bates probably won an insane amount of money. Yeah, well, I mean, he is a good safety. I, I definitely uh, agree he deserves to get paid, but come on, man. With the way the market is now, it it just – it just it just feels like so so impossible to get a deal that you would want. Exactly. Like look at the team he plays on. Like they got superstars over there. Like you went to the Super Bowl. I'm saying. And you kept majority of the squad together. And you have a lot of guys on rookie deals. Right. Your quarterback, your uh three wide receivers are all on rookie deals. A, a revamped offensive line. A, a stellar, a, like a, a middle of the pack, solid defense. So, uh, just, just, uh, I, I guess he's he's back for now. Yeah, for now, sure. And then you got another player on their team talking about he wants some more money. <laughs> it's like once one. Gets his yeah. get their money. The other one once one gets it, it it happens with position groups too. The wide oh, yeah. receiver uh contracts were insane. Like oh yeah, most definitely this season. You have DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin. You have AJ Brown, Tyree Kill. DK uh did I say DK Metcalf already? Yeah, he got a um, deal. Um, the dude just and, went to the uh, some of these guys. Man. Got a hundred million dollar deals. That's yeah. insane for wide receivers. But the most craziest one to me was the um, what was his name that went to the uh, Jaguars? Oh, Christian Kirk. Christian, Christian Kirk, Kirk yeah. is the reason that the market is the way. Honestly. Christian Kirk undoubtedly, excuse my language. Christian Kirk fucked the wide receiver market. Um, the Jaguars, it's the Jaguars' fault. They gave him 80, 80 something million dollars. He's not even an 80 million dollar receiver. Like a wide, he was the wide receiver three for the Cardinals. Exactly. He wasn't even the the top option. But I mean, I don't know. (laughs) 
and, and it just it just killed the market. Um, but uh, next up in NFL news, we've got uh, Shaquem Griffin actually retired. Um, over yesterday, he uh was drafted by the Seattle Seahawks with his brother uh Shaquille, who had already was playing on the Seattle Seahawks. Um, he came in uh with a huge disadvantage, one arm, and people, of course, people doubted. Um, but he actually uh, played pretty well. One of the most memorable moments he had was in 2019. Seattle was in the divisional game versus Green Bay. Six minutes left in the game. Uh, it's third and sh- it's third and medium, and the uh, Griffin brothers actually both uh, combined for a sack on Aaron Rodgers to send it to fourth down and give the Seahawks a chance to win the game. Um, with with uh, the next offensive drive resulting in something I really do not want to get into. Um, so yeah he he was definitely an inspiration to a lot of people uh that want to pursue a career in football that have these uh deformities and uh and disabilities so definitely a great guy played in the nfl for four seasons you know Mm -hmm. to even get one season is is like is like a blessing in the sky so he has no idea the impact he made on uh, football exactly that's really the definition of anything is possible yeah like, I, I I was a big fan of him back in uh, UC, UCF. I, I liked watching him and his brother play, actually. Um, yeah, and, and he was good. Yeah, he, he was. Wasn't like, he this was wasn't a, a, a charity pickup. This exactly. guy was, this was, wasn't was a anybody. dog. That's what I'm saying. He was nice in what he did. And the only why he did drop so low in the draft is because of his disadvantage. Like, if he had both his hands, he'd definitely still be playing right now making big money. Yeah. Because I, I ain't going to say he was one of the first linebackers to be undersized and really fast, but he was one of the first. Yeah. To be, like, I believe he was about, like, maybe 6'1", and he ran, like, a 4'4", four, 4'3". Four, four, it was around that. It, 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 was, it was fast. It was fast. That's what I'm saying. Um, What else do we have for you guys? Um, Next up, we got some uh, a couple of injuries. Rigoberto Sanchez, the punter for the Indianapolis Colts, out for the season with a torn Achilles or torn ACL, one of the two. Oh, wow. Now, how will punter tear his ACL? I don't know, but a crucial injury to the special teams unit for the Colts. That's the exact question I had in my head. How did he get hurt? But, you know, I don't know. It happens, I guess. Yeah. Um, the next injury being Matt Corral done for season. The uh, the quarterback drafted out of Ole Miss by the uh, Carolina Panthers. Uh, a ligament in his foot was uh, I don't know. I don't know the exact details of what happened, but Matt Corral gets placed on IR. He's done for the season. Yeah, I had no knowledge of that. Speaking of almost done for the season, Deshaun Watson gets a new suspension um, up from six games to 11 games and a $5 million fine for the sexual misconduct allegations. The biggest fine, um, one of the biggest fines in NFL history and a a huge suspension that people still don't think is enough. And funny enough, after these 11 games, and people said, why 11 games? Why not not like an even number like 12 or entire season? Um, Well, funny enough, after the 11-game suspension, he comes back just in time to uh, play against his former team, the Houston Texans. 
I honestly think like a lot of this stuff is just like the the proof isn't there for a lot of these cases. Like eleven games is kind of crazy. Like I had no idea that neither. Like it was at six. I was like, okay, six. That's a, that's getting out the way. But eleven. God. Oh. Um. And uh, most of this, I don't think NFL really cares much about the situation itself. I think they care more about saving face, which is why yeah. they upped it from six to eleven to kind of to, to kind of pipe down some of the outrage they got over uh, it just being six. But you know the NFL is always going to want to make its money, so of course his big return game after eleven games is against the Houston Texans. Funny enough. It's it's just a huge money grab for them. They're saving face by um up in the games, and of course they're making a huge amount of money off of what probably will be a prime time game when Deshaun Watson returns to Houston. Uh, I definitely agree it would be. Uh, hey, so who will be their QB? Isn't it Jacoby Brissett? Jacoby Brissett. Oh man. And the Jacoby Brissett, uh, the Deshaun Watson uh, 11 game suspension uh, happened so long after I made my NFL record predictions. So it, it's based off of when he had six games. Next up, we have the Lamar Jackson contract update. Lamar Jackson uh, did not hold out like some of these other guys over his contract. Um, Lamar Jackson showed up to training camp, showed up to uh, optional uh, practices. He showed up to everything. He is showing up to preseason. Um, however, he still does not have a contract, which is insane. The unanimous MVP in 2019, and he doesn't have a contract. He he, he doesn't have a new contract. Still on his rookie deal. Uh, into his, I think this is fourth or fifth year in the NFL. Fourth. Last year of his deal. Last year, yeah, 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 fourth. Last deal of last year of his rookie deal. And uh he wants what he wants is a fully guaranteed deal, but they had offered him a bigger deal than Kyler Murray. But he Lamar Jackson wants it fully guaranteed. Yeah, you you can't even be upset with him for wanting that. I mean, no, of course not. He's he's he done so much for this organization in, in the three years that he's played. Exactly. He improved himself, everything improved the head was strong. Yeah, I mean, get that man his money. Yeah, and then much to say to it. Uh and next up, we have some Cardinals offensive coordinator controversy. Um, in the Cardinals' last preseason game, I don't remember who they played off the top of my head, but there was a post that said when Cliff Kingsbury was calling the plays in the first three quarters, he mustered only three points. But when Kyler Murray stepped in on the headset and started calling plays, the Cardinals scored 14 points. So it's only preseason, but it begs the question – because we are um, instigators and we want to start a pot. If this all Cardinals offensive coordinator or this all offensive play calling for the Cardinals is going to be good enough. This wouldn't be the first time the Cardinals play calling has been changed. Uh, but mm, 
I don't even know how I feel about that situation. Are they going to fire him? <laughs> like, it might just be a one-time thing. But and, and, and just, just so everybody knows, Cliff Kingsbury just got a huge extension, and so did the GM. Oh, well, a couple months back, over the summer, Cliff Kingsbury got a huge extension, but I don't think he'll be there for long. Cliff's, Cliff Kingsbury is a known choke artist. He choked uh, seasons at Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes and uh, choked away uh, Cardinal seasons, um, which really I can't put it all on Cliff Kingsbury. You can blame it um, on the questioning of uh, Kyler Murray's uh, dedication to the game or in and whatnot and injuries and uh, no D hop. It, it, it's a culmination of all the things, but Cliff Kingsbury um, probably won't be in Arizona much longer. If this season goes how the uh, two previous ones went. Oh yeah. I definitely don't think he will be much longer neither. <clears throat> if stuff continues to go downhill. In a perfect transition as delusional, as the Cardinals organization is for extending Cliff Kingsbury, there are more delusional Jets fans uh, than I can think of. Um, recently, a Jets fan uh, placed a bet, two bets, two $5,000 bets that the Jets would both win the AFC and win the Super Bowl. Well, that's 10000 down the drain. That's $10,000 with a payout of what would be one point. Three million that he'll never see. Oh man, what made him think that? I mean, I I believe they can be a playoff team, maybe. Not even that. I just I feel like they can be okay. They're not. They're not there yet. They're still young. Like the stars that they just recently drafted aren't even fully developed. <laughs> Like, I, I I don't see this happening at all. I I think I he's got to be you know not missing that ten thousand obviously. Yeah, he he's a diehard and he must be rich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the next uh, piece of kind of significant news: Sammy Watkins, um, now with the uh, Green Bay Packers over the offseason, says Aaron Rodgers is on a whole different level than Patrick Mahomes. I mean, shoot, I, mean, I thought everybody knew that. And this uh, kind of sparked some debate between uh, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. I believe Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers are both on the same uh, kind of uh, traction of greatness right now, with Aaron Rodgers being slightly better because of uh, his consistency. Mm-hmm. But I don't see like a drastic difference that you see going from Patrick Mahomes to Aaron Rodgers. I don't see like like I wouldn't say you had a decline going from Aaron Rodgers to Patrick Mahomes, but I wouldn't oh, yeah. say there was a significant increase uh if you went from Mahomes to Rodgers and also vice versa. I think they're they're statistically they're uh in the same type of realm. Um and I, I don't I don't think it meant it was meant to uh come off the way that it was being anticipated but obviously as i said earlier we like to start a pot so <laughs> the debate between aaron Rodgers and patrick mahomes will that's a story for a different time exactly i mean I, yeah like you just said it's not that much of a difference of course aaron is better by a tad bit but it's not by much 
Pat Mahomes. I said Pat Mahomes. <laughs> Pat Mahomes has definitely uh, proved himself these last few years. Definitely, definitely. He's a top three QB. And now the final uh, thing we're going to go over before our uh, NFL record predictions will uh, be 12 uh, big names that could be shopped ahead of uh, final uh, trade. Uh, what am I talking about? 12 names that could be traded uh, by the time rosters are fully cut. Let me share my screen. There we go. All right. And number 12, 49ers QB, Jimmy Garoppolo. He's essentially been available for two years. So barring a major quarterback injury in practice or a preseason finale, the veteran is poised to be outright released, saving San Francisco $25.5 million. Odds are the proven but fragile signal caller will start games in 2022. It's just a matter of where and how soon. I've been saying get rid of Jimmy G for a minute now. Now, does Jimmy G get traded? I don't think so because 49ers are wanting like second-round, third-round picks for him, and I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is really worth that much. So I see them releasing him, and I see him going somewhere like Cleveland as a 11-week rental or even a Seattle. Yeah, I could send one to either or. At number 11, we have Brown's running back, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt did recently uh, request a trade. Um, the former chief running back, uh, the former chief standout, a top-end compliment to Nick Chubb, has reportedly requested a trade while seeking a raise. Due $6.25 million on the last year of his deal, he'd merely be a rental to anyone unwilling to immediately extend him. But all his all-purpose abilities, including as a pass catcher, remain Pro Bowl caliber. I definitely feel like he can be a starter for someone. I like oh, yeah. Kareem Hunt. He's a nice pass catching back out the backfield. He can run hard. Like him and Nick Chubb were arguably the best running back duo in the league this past season. And even making the trio with Dearness Johnson coming out of exactly. nowhere. Exactly. So get that man his money. Get him somewhere. The devil. He's on this list too. <laughs> Love him. Um, next on this list, we have another running back, Chiefs running back Ronald Jones, two years removed from nearly a 1,000 yard season from the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers. Uh, the former second rounder is a forgotten man in Kansas City's committee, and his paltry preseason work suggests he may well be cut. He's been dinged for fumbling and mental miscues, but he remains a solid, straightforward ball carrier. I'm a little biased when it comes to Rojo because I'm a Bucks fan. Right. So I like Rojo, but, I mean, he is known for fumbling the ball. I mean, as of right now, I don't see him being the starter for anyone. I thought he was going to be somewhat decent for the Chiefs, but I right. guess not. I really don't know what's next. I, I guess it just just didn't work out that way. Yeah, excited to see him though. I, um, I've I've seen some flashes of him. He he's, I've seen a couple long runs um from when he was on the Bucks um a couple years back. Next name, another running back, 
Browns running back the Ernest Johnson. If Cleveland keeps the Chubb Hunt duo intact, it could take uh it could look to save a little cash by auctioning Johnson instead, especially after the former undrafted backup churned out 500 yards as an injury replacement in 2021. The team also has Demetric Felton Jr., who's been getting lots of work as a pass catcher on the roster. The Ernest Johnson showed lots of flashes last year when uh, Chubb and Hunt were out with injuries, uh, especially in that uh, in his breakout game against the Denver Broncos, the game where Case Keenum was at quarterback, which they won due to the Ernest Johnson's play. I don't see him being a starter for anybody, but he'll be a damn good backup. Yeah, I'd, I'd put him in a system to share carries. Yeah. Next up, we have Patriots wide receiver Kendrick Bourne. He's got a big fan in Mac Jones. He's coming off an underrated 800-yard season, and he's a cost-conscious option signed through 2023. But Bill Belichick held him out of both practice and preseason lately due to disciplinary issues. And New England's receiver room is suddenly full with Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton, Jacoby Myers, and Nelson Aguilar locked into jobs. Mm. Well, I mean, shoot, it, that's, it is what it is. Dude lost his job. <laughs> I mean, Kendrick Bourne never really did much, anyways. Really, yeah, he was never really the solidified receiver over there. He wasn't even the he wasn't the first option. So I mean, mm. now he's really not the first option. Yeah. Next up, we have Giants wide receiver Darius Slayton. There are few, if any, players on the Giants transitioning roster who are who new general manager Joe Shoden wouldn't be willing to deal. And Slayton, despite two straight 700-yard seasons to start his big play career, has plummeted down the depth chart behind young options like Kadarius Tony and Wandale Robinson. As a wide receiver three or four flyer, he might draw some looks. There's Slay, Slayton. Is old. I don't. I don't know. Slayton, uh, from what I've seen, has a bit of a drop problem. Uh, he dropped a couple of yeah, uh, good balls by uh, Daniel Jones, and it 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 really. Uh, if you're on the Giants, you never really have a chance, anyways. So. Be his best bet to get out of there. Become like a, a wide receiver three somewhere. Yeah, no, that's it. No higher. Yep. Um, Eagles wide receiver Jalen Rager next up on this list. Most years, GM Howie Roseman might wait another season to see if such a big investment might still pan out. Rager, after all, is just 23 after going 21st overall in 2020, which was stupid. Uh, but neither of his top end speed nor his hands have shown up on Sundays. A change of scenery feels a bit more doable with A.J. Brown and Zach Pascal joining Devontae Smith at wideout. Jalen Rager, he hasn't proved anything since he's been in the league. Um, Jalen Rager was drafted over Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. Still crazy. Just imagine that wide receiver core. (laughs) Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, D.K. Metcalf. And AJ Brown, and and it's insane. It's really, really crazy to me how you got it wrong two years in a row. 
Yep. They're worse than the Kings. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is this is a Kings worthy situation. Right. This is this is like Kings level, like like terrible. Um, but Eagles seem to kind of gotten it together. Yeah, they have. They're uh, definitely going to be competing for that division. Oh, most definitely. Next up, we got Jaguars wide receiver LaVisca Chenault Jr. The former second rounder feels like the kind of rugged chess piece who might appeal to new coach Doug Peterson, but not when the receiver room has been completely remade for Trevor Lawrence with Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Marvin Jones all locked into top spots. Besides, Travis Etienne is on track to be the Swiss RV knife. Well, I mean, I, it, it's just I, another case of getting lost in the shuffle. Yeah, like you just got passed up, and you knew once Travis came back, that was going to be our guy. Yeah. So, and just just another like the Kendrick Bourne situation, just getting you know kind of lost in the shuffle. Uh, next up, Lions wide receiver Quintez Cephas. Detroit's receiving corpse is quite underrated, with DJ Chark, Jamison Williams joining Amon Ross St. Brown and Josh Reynolds out wide. That leaves Cephas just 24 and coming off an injury-shortened year on the brink. It's possible another team could have more use for his long-term upside as a reserve. Another case <laughs> Another case of getting lost in the shuffle, but I've seen flashes from Quintez Cephas. He's not bad. I, I, I like him, but that receiving core has just gotten better. So, I mean. Just I just a, a really another case of getting just lost in the, in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. Due to injury. Right. Next up, we have Bills tight end O.J. Howard. The big man seemed like a neutral fit for the Bills' tough, high-octane offense when he signed a one-year deal in free agency. But the former Buccaneers first-rounder has been curiously uninvolved and or unspectacular during the preseason. Buffalo could try to sell Howard's upside in exchange for a late-round pick. Howard isn't a bad tight end. I like Howard isn't bad at all. He got some speed to him, and I didn't know he was as young as he is. He's pretty young, and he can get the job done, honestly. There's a couple of tight end needy teams that don't have, like, a solidified guy at tight end one. For instance, the Bucks. <laughs> we should have just signed the back. We don't have a tight end. We're all going to come back. You, you, got, you got Bucks. I don't – I don't. Re- well, Bills do have a solidified tight end one. I do have a, uh, a lot of confidence in Dawson Knox being the guy. Um mm-hmm. An, a, another team that doesn't have a solidified tight end one would probably be the Giants, which lost Evan Ingram. Yeah. Um. Uh, I, I'd say Bengals. They lost che- um, Uzama. Oh, they did. Yeah, was, I think Uzama went to the Jets actually. Oh man. Um. Next up. Uh. Which is uh, the one that's least likely to happen now. Bears linebacker Roquan Smith, the heart of Chicago's defense. He requested a trade during camp but failed to get the team's permission to seek suitors. It appears that the all-pro wrecking ball is set to suit up anyway in hopes of getting a bigger contract in 2023 free agency. But if an interested party comes calling with a premium offer, the Bears would surely listen. 
I would honestly want to see Roquan Smith somewhere else. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Roquan, he he wanted to stay with Chicago. He really wanted to stay with Chicago. He wanted a deal. He's, like they said, at the heart of Chicago's defense. He's done so much. He's played so well. Um, And I don't understand the unwillingness or the stubbornness to not want to pay him in any kind of way. Shoot. I don't understand why they want to pay him either. Best defensive player they got. And they didn't want to pay him, but they didn't want to trade him. They really wanted him to uh, pay, play at a uh, at a discount for a team that has um, more than enough money to spend. Right. Next up, and lastly, we have Raven safety Chuck Clark, the six-year veteran, has finished the summer strong. Uh, staving off hype for rookie Kyle Hamilton to take over at safety, but Hamilton's time will come, and with ex-Saints standout Marcus Williams also on board for big money, Baltimore can look to capitalize on Clark's value as an all-around defender before his second-to-last season under contract. Um, Chuck Clark, uh, I don't really even know how I feel about this guy. I, I don't either. Uh, but Kyle Hamilton in. comes in as, yeah. uh, as you know, I, I think he's the sure uh, starting safety for for them, and along with Marcus Williams, um, another just uh, uh, really another case of getting lost in the uh, shuffle. Um, but I think a lot of safety or DB really needy teams will uh, come calling if need be. Definitely, it'll be a nice little backup or yeah. And with that, that concludes the list of the 12 guys who could be traded before final roster cuts. And now, time for the main event of the episode, getting in to NFL record predictions two weeks before the season gets started on September 8th. Now, 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 it's time to pull up the NFL record predictions. And the division we will start with is the AFC South. Uh, you want to go first? Ooh, I'm gonna let you go ahead. All right, for sure, for sure. Okay, in the AFC South, uh, to uh. Start off at the bottom. I have the Jaguars going three and fourteen. Um, Jaguars. I don't think they got much better, but I think they're they're just slightly better than last year. Trevor Lawrence more coming to his own, have a uh, having a healthy ETN, uh, and adding a couple guys to your wide receiver room. Um, a pretty uh, decent defense. Um, get you get three wins and get a pretty high pick. Okay. Coming in at third in the division, kind of a surprise team. You got the I've got the Texans at six and eleven. I think Davis Mills kind of has a breakout season. He has Brandon Cooks at his disposal, uh, one of the more uh, guys that you can put into really any system in the NFL, and he can thrive. Um, so six and eleven seems like a realistic thing for the Texans this season, despite having a 
a, a bottom two roster in the NFL. Okay, bro. Um, and second in the division, I have the Titans at eight and nine. Um, I think the Titans lose a lot of winnable games. I think they split uh, season series with uh, both with all three teams. I think they split season series with the Colts. Uh, I think they split with the Texans and Jaguars. Um, Titans, I, I see a decline coming. Uh, the Derrick Henry decline is going to happen. Uh, he's definitely going to get surpassed as the um, undisputed best running back in the league, which some say he already has by Jonathan Taylor, um, which is on the winning team winning uh, team in this division, which is the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the Indianapolis Colts have acquired Matt Ryan, and I believe Matt Ryan alone takes this team to the next level over Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan, a solidified veteran. And having a fantastic supporting cast with Michael Pittman Jr., you have uh, T.Y. Hilton, I believe. You have Mo Ali Cox. You have an awesome offensive line, and you have the number one guy in uh, fantasy, and may be the number one offensive guy in the NFL this season, Jonathan Taylor. Um, this is uh, this is now or never for the Colts. Right. All right. So. Our record predictions for that division right there are identical, uh, like you said, with the Jaguars. They didn't get much better, honestly. I, I'd honestly like to see them win a few games, though, like a few more games than I got them winning. Um, but I just don't see it right now because we clearly haven't seen much from them. And they haven't done anything to better their team. And they did lose one of their top receivers, DJ Chark. So I mean, eh. I definitely got them going three and fourteen as well. Uh, Texans six and eleven. It's the Texans. Can't really expect much from them. Just them being in the division that they're in and the uh, games they have on the season. Uh, I just got them winning six games. Not really much on the Texans. Titans eight and nine. That's it's just the Titans. The Titans are going to be the Titans. They always sh- find a way to shoot themselves in the foot, uh, yeah. whether it's on offense or defense. Um, like Duke said, the decline is definitely coming, and they're not going to be the top of this division any longer. Because I definitely got the Colts winning it all in this division with a ten to seven. I said, yeah, ten to seven record. Um. It's the Colts. Like, they're on the uprise right now. They just got Matt Ryan. Their offense is coming together. They have the best running back in the league as of right now, going off of last season. Um, they got a nice running back duo at that with him and Naheem Hines. The receiving core is starting to look nice uh, with Michael Pittman. Don't they still have Zach Pascal? Uh, I, th- I believe Zach Pascal is on a different team. Okay. Well, they did just get the kid out of uh, Cincinnati. Forgot his name. The receiver. Um, they got Paris. Is this the right fucking list? They, they, they got a nice little offense with their dominant O-line, the Stephon D-line, uh, linebackers like Darius Leonard, Bobby O'Karrake. Uh One thing that they do need to work on, though, is their secondary. But it's gotten better, though. All right. Names such as Kenny Moore, 
uh, Stephon Gilmore, Julian Blackman. Uh, I think they're going to be a nice team this year. Now they'll conclude sure. that division. Let me make sure this is my correct list. It is. It is. It is. Okay. The next division we've got is the AFC East. Which I'll start off once again. At the bottom of the AFC East, I have the Jets going three and fourteen. I don't I don't think the Jets got much better. Um people will blow it out of proportions, say, um, oh, they they uh had a they had a good draft. I'll give them that. They had a really good draft, but I don't think it's enough to carry them to seven, eight wins or even playoff contention like uh some people believe. I leave they go three and fourteen. Uh next in the division, I have the Miami Dolphins at eight and nine. Um, Miami with the um, acquisition of Tua Tonga um, the acquisition of Tyreek Hill um, being paired up with Tua Tonga Viola, along with uh, Jalen Waddle. They have uh, they have the speed factor, um, but nine and eight isn't a bad record for the Dolphins. You know, another game, another uh, season, one game outside of the playoffs. Um, still a um, a kind of you know mediocre season for the Dolphins. Uh, coming in at second in the AFC East, I have the New England Patriots. Um, you know, the P- Patriots are always kind of be the Patriots in mm-hmm. in their own kind of way. I, I see this being being uh, another just kind of season being in there for uh, the Patriots. Don't really have much else to say about that. And coming in at first in this division, I have the Bills going 16 and 1. The Bills um are coming for revenge this season. This is the revenge tour for Josh Allen and that Bills team. And I believe they steamroll through the regular season easily. 16 and 1. Okay, with that division, well, I guess it's my go. I actually got the the uh, Jets doing a lot better than what you predicted. I got the Jets going six and eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, my reason behind that, um, I mean, I just feel like the Jets can win some of these games that they're matched up in this year. I don't think they're gonna do that bad. I mean, six and eleven is still a pretty bad record, but it's not three and what did you say? Uh, three and fourteen. Three and fourteen bad. It's it's not that bad. So I mean. Uh, with the Miami, the Miami Dolphins are third on my list. Uh, they're nine. I got them going nine and eight. Um, like you said, with the uh, with them acquiring Tyreek Hill, their offense has definitely gotten better. With, uh, with Tyreek Hill, Raheem Mostert, uh, who else did they acquire this off season? Um, I think, but the team coach. is yeah, new head coach. Um, I mean, their team is going to be pretty decent. Uh, next is the New England Patriots. Got them going nine and eight as well. Um, like he said, the Patriots is going to be the Patriots. They're always going to have some type of a winning record or playoff contention 
because it's the Patriots. They just got mm-hmm. winning in their blood. Um, first on my list is the Buffalo Bills going 15 and 2. Um, the Bills are just they're they're high high powered. Like I I don't really see them losing to a lot of these teams. They're a lot better than these teams on paper. I think I actually have your list your list pulled up on my computer. Oh, for real? I think I literally um, when I sent you the link, it it did like. Do you have Atlanta at two and fifteen? Yes. Oh, I think this is definitely yours. Oh man, I thought you said the. I I got mine put up on my phone though, so it's all good. Oh, it's all okay, good. okay. I don't know how that happened. That's weird. Um, sorry. Go ahead, though. Oh, that was that was it with that one. But yeah, I mean, Bills are just the the best in this division by far. Um, yeah. they definitely took over. It's gonna be like this for the next few years. I think this might be the year too for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have the AFC North. Uh, starting with the Pittsburgh Steelers, I have them going four and twelve um, with the QB situation in question and a terrible offensive line and not much going for their offensive system. Uh, the defense is going to carry them to these four wins, but I don't think they get blown out in all the losses they will have. Um, but I, I don't think they'll be particularly good. Uh, next up in the AFC North, I have the uh, Cleveland Browns finishing at 10-7. However, this is before Deshaun Watson got 11 games instead of six games. Um, I had them losing a lot until Deshaun Watson came back and lead them to a 10-7 record. Um, but obviously that um, would have had to get tweaked. Um at second in this division, I have the Bengals going 11 and 6, um, continuing uh, their momentum from last season, making it all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, I think the Bengals remain hot with an 11 and 6 season. And at number one in this division, I got the Ravens going 14 and 3, going back to their dominant ways um, as they did in 2019 when Lamar Jackson won MVP. I believe the Ravens. Also dominate the regular season. Okay, okay. Nice list. Um, I don't have the Steelers doing as bad as you got them doing, but I got them going seven and ten. Um, due to the fact, I mean, it's still the Steelers. The Steelers haven't really yeah. just had a really bad season since I don't know when. Like even when they weren't really at the best play, they still made it to the playoffs. Or whatnot, or made it to wild card appearances and stuff. Like they still made it further than a lot of these other teams. But I mean, this is probably going to be a rebuilding situation. So yeah, I can go on seven and ten. Um, next, I got the Browns going eight and nine. I mean, Deshaun Watson will be out for eleven games. I feel like the offense can still be pretty decent with. Um. What, what was it? Oh my God! Why can't I think of his name? You know, Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, just being, just him being in that type of offense. I mean, he's definitely gonna get majority of the touches 
receiver because outside of him, they got Donovan People Jones. Uh, who else? Not really. Uh, Rashard Higgins, I guess. Rashard Higgins. No, he Rashard Higgins plays for the Panthers, actually. Oh, man. Well, you're definitely going to be getting the most catches out of the receiving core, and you know how that backfield going to get with Nick Chubb. That was probably he probably the best pound for pound running back with Jonathan Taylor. So yep. eight and nine is what I got them going. Uh next I got the Bengals going ten and seven. Um I mean of course the Bengals are definitely going to make it to the playoffs again. Um they're a playoff team now. We gotta keep that in our heads. They're gonna constantly make it to the playoffs until this team dies down. And I don't think that's happening no time soon. I feel like they're not going to do anything but get better, actually. So, yeah, I got them going 10-7, and going 3-3 and in the division. Um, First, of course, I got the Ravens going 10-7. and I don't got them going as high as Deuce has them. But I just feel like it's going to – they're going to be kind of getting back in the swing of things. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like they're going to be losing games. But but not by much. They're going to be losing games that they should win. But I feel like they're going to make it pretty deep in the playoffs just because Lamar had that chip on his shoulder. So I feel like 10-7 is the perfect record for them. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. And finally, uh, probably what is going to be the toughest division in the NFL, uh, the AFC West. Last in the AFC West, I have the Raiders. Um as much as it, it, it pained me to do it, I like the Raiders. I like Derek Carr. I like Josh Jacobs. I like what they have going in uh, Las Vegas. But unfortunately, I have them going 5-11, and 11, losing all six divisional games. Wow. Um, compared to the um, other teams in this division, I believe the Raiders are the weak link and most likely to miss out on the playoffs than the other three teams. Um. Third in this division, I have the uh, Broncos at 12 and 5. With the acquisition of Russell Wilson, everything changes, and you add him to a stellar defense, and you know the rest of the story. I think Russell Wilson comes in here, makes the playoffs year one, 12 and 5, third in the division, however. Um, second in this division, I have Kansas City going 13 and 4, Kansas City doing Kansas City things. Um, 13 and 4 is, is no surprise for uh, Kansas City. Um, Patrick Mahomes, uh, you, you still have Travis Kelsey. You have you add Sky Moore to this room, still have McCole Hardman. You still have a stellar offensive line, and you have uh, you have a, a solid middle of the pack defense. Uh, 13 and four is not a, a crazy thing to say for the Chiefs. Um, and at the top of the division, winning the division at 15 and two, I have the Los Angeles Chargers, year three Herbert, Austin Eckler. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, uh, J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, and Derwin James. This defense has gotten so much better. This defense is with the electric offense. Chargers are going to be one of the funnest teams to watch in 2022. And believe me, this team is going to be scary. I have them going 15-2 and and winning the division. Or for some reason, my list is frozen right now, and I cannot get it to work. I don't know why. I can uh, so share my screen. Could you, yeah, I was about to say, could you share your screen? Yeah. I don't know what just happened. 
just need to move you first to pay. Just need to. Alright, so as y'all can see, I got the Broncos going eight and nine. I mean, I feel like that's not really bad. They might win more games than what I what I uh, assume, but I mean, it's the Broncos. I feel like they're in a midpoint right now with their uh, franchise. It's like they're not too good. They're not too bad. Um, I like a few of the players on their team, such as uh, Javante Williams. I feel like he's going to be a top back come these next few seasons, uh, if not this season. Um, but, yeah, Russell Wilson is definitely going to make an impact with that offense. Um, I've seen him already making connections with his receivers, such as Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick. Sadly, they don't have no offense anymore, but, you know. Like that offense no still gonna be pretty, either. Yeah, I like that offense still gonna be pretty decent. Uh next I got the Raiders going nine and eight. I just feel like that's a Raiders type record. Um I mean of course they acquired uh Devontae Adams, but it's the Raiders. We know what their defense looks like. Their defense isn't really the best. Mm-hmm. So I don't see them doing too crazy. They might win more games. They might can sneak into the wild card. Who knows? Uh, next on my list, I got the Chargers going ten and seven. Uh, I I mean they I feel like they can win more games. It's just a lot of these games that they're they're that they're playing in. I I don't I don't got them win because the team is solely better than them off paper. Like I said before, my list was a little biased. Um, I hope they can prove me wrong because, like Deuce said, this team's going to be really scary. That defense is, is crazy. Like, they just acquired Khalil Mack, and they already had Joey Bosa. They just got Dorn James back. They got an upcoming stud linebacker, Kenneth Murray. Like that offense is, is I mean I say offense. That defense is nice. The offense is nice too. Austin Eckler coming out the backfield, receivers, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, uh Jalen Guyton. Got a young nice QB has proven him proven himself. Shoot, I don't I don't know what more you can expect from this team than to make it to the playoffs and put up a fight. Um then first on the list, I got the Chiefs. I mean, I feel like the Chiefs going to have a bounce-back season. Um, even though they lost Tyreek Hill, I feel like just the Chiefs being the Chiefs, they gonna, they're going to bounce back. Now, they might do a little bad because they did lose Tyreek Matthew on the defensive side of things, and their defense was already a little shaky. But I'm just going off paper right now. So this is just this is just my 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 guesses. I really don't know if they're going to go twelve and five, but they might. All right, the next division we got up is the NFC East. Um, in the NFC East, last in the division, I have uh, the New York Giants finishing four and thirteen. 
New York had a stellar draft. Both New York teams had a stellar draft, but I just don't believe that they're they are there yet. Um New York will be New York. Uh four and thirteen is is not uncommon to them. Um, but with Brian Dayball in here, they um uh, I could see them realistically getting another three or four wins, you know, maybe six or seven. Um would still be realistic for me, but um they uh, just got a lot of games that I have them losing. So four and thirteen would be the record. Um, and third in this division, I have the Washington uh, Commanders going four and thirteen. Although they added uh, Carson Wentz at quarterback, I don't believe that's a huge upgrade from what they previously had in Taylor Heineke. Um, you know, Washington has been a a bottom feeding franchise. For the past few years, snuck into the playoffs somehow with a seven and nine record the year that the NFC East was the clown show of the NFL. Um, and I believe they stick to typical Washington fashion with another losing season, um, ending in disappointment at four and 13. Third in this division in the uh, NFC East, I have the Philadelphia Eagles going 13 and four. Uh, Jalen Hurts. A.J. Brown, Zach Paschal, uh, Devonta Smith, and um, making a lot of additions to their defense with Jordan Davis being one of them. Uh, Asan Reddick. Uh, you put together a a second a new secondary, adding James Bradbury from uh, the Giants, and you have a a, a pretty decent defense on paper. Uh, Philadelphia is definitely going to be competing with Dallas for that number one spot in the NFC East this year. And finally, the number one spot in the NFC East, I have the Dallas Cowboys at 14-3. Cowboys uh, have undoubtedly been a top five roster in the NFL for the past uh, four or five years, but they just couldn't seem to put the pieces together uh, when it comes to playing. Uh, hopefully Mike McCarthy can get it together in this year. Uh, and, and best case scenario, Cowboys 14 and three, they have a really good roster. They have lots of talent. They've had lots of talent. They just need to put the pieces together and do the damn thing. Okay. Um, on my list, I have Washington at the bottom of the barrel with a five and 12 record. Um, one and five in the division. It's just Washington, man. Like I right now, they're just in the rebuilding process, and when they had a top five defense, that defense didn't show up the season after. So you never know what it is with them, um, and they don't even really have a solidified QB right now. We don't really know who's going to get the starting spot because uh, Taylor Heineke played pretty damn good, if I say so myself to be kind of a backup QB and just getting thrown into the pit. But also Sam Howell is a nice QB that's young. So, I mean, who do you start? Uh-huh. But regardless, I got them going 5-12. Um, next, I got the New York Giants going 6-11. and They, they had a, a good draft, but – I don't think that draft is enough to get them a winning season. Um, New York is just New York right now. Like they're they're not uh, 
they're just not a winning team right now. Maybe mm-hmm. in the long run they will be, but they're young. They're still building. They're still trying to see what they're going to do in the long run. Like, who knows? They might get a new QB in the, in the next draft. Daniel Jones really hasn't done anything spectacular. Um, but they've been building. And they're not going to do anything but get better or worse. Um, next on my list, I got the uh, <clears throat> Eagles going nine and eight and four and two in the division. I feel like nine and eight is a sweet spot for the Eagles. Um, I don't got them losing too many games. I don't got them winning too many games. I feel like it's right in the middle. It's neutral. They can sneak into a little wild card spot. They can definitely attempt to um, – number one spot in this division from the Cowboys that they play up to part how they should. Um, but it's the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we can't forget that. The Eagles, like I said with the Titans, the Eagles shoot themselves in the foot a lot. Um, so I got them going 9-8. Um, number one in this division, I got the Cowboys, of course. Uh, I got them going 11-6 and 5-1 and one in the division. Um, like Dude said, the Cowboys have had a top five roster since, like, I don't know when. And they're not doing anything but getting better and better. But, like, he can put the pieces together to win a Super Bowl. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they need to make Tony Pollard the starter or what, but – and to get something going because they have too good of a roster to be getting kicked out the first round of the playoffs, second round of the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. The next we have up is the NFC South. Now, for me, NFC South, uh, starting off with the uh, number four spot in that division, I have the Falcons going three and fourteen. Falcons actually did not do anything to get better this season. They actually got quite worse, losing almost all of their wide receiver corps over the past two years. Uh, the only bright spot of this Falcons team will be Kyle Pitts, and that is it. This defense mm-hmm. has nothing to offer except AJ Terrell. And the offense has absolutely nothing to offer with Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter at quarterback. The The bright spot of the season, like I said, will be Kyle Pitts and Kyle Pitts only. Uh, three and 14 will be the record. And that is generous. Um, <laughs> next up, third in division, I have Panthers also going three and 14. Their quarterback situation with Baker Mayfield and or uh, who else is on that team? Uh, Sam Darnold is the saddest uh, quarterback room ever with two of the top uh, picks in the 2018 draft ending up in the same QB room fighting for a QB one spot, which is absolutely pathetic. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, barring he uh, stubs his toe this season, uh, should be the bright spot of this season um, and probably the only one this defense was pretty good. This team started out 3-0 last year and then absolutely declined. Um, but the defense and Christian McCaffrey will be the bright spots of this team. I have them going 3-14. and 14. Uh, Next in this division, I have the Saints going 7-10. and 10. Jameis Winston coming back. Michael Thomas coming back. 
Kamara coming back. Um, you basically getting all the gang back together, adding Jarvis Landry to this wide receiver corpse. Uh, and I don't see them being bad. Seven and ten is not a bad record for the Saints for me. Um, I think they're figuring it out. They still have a top ten defense. Um, but with the QB situation not hundred percent figured out, and not knowing if Mike, um, if Michael Thomas is going to be hundred percent healthy throughout the season, is definitely a question that's going to need answering. So seven and ten is a kind of safe pick for me. And coming at number one in the division should be no surprise is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at thirteen and four. Tom Brady returns to the team. Uh, they have Julio Jones. They have Mike Evans. They have uh, Marquise Goodwin. They they uh, still have a pretty good defense. Um, this team can do great things. Tom Brady coming back makes them even greater. I have them winning this division at 13-4. and four. Okay. I like your list. Pretty similar to mine in some cases. Um, at the bottom of the barrel, of course I have Atlanta. Uh, I got them going 2-15 and 2-14. And um, reasons why I got Atlanta going 2-15. and 15. Like Luke said, the QB room just isn't there. I mean, you, you got Marcus Mariota, who, you know, we haven't seen much from him since he got uh, – was it cut or traded from the Titans? Uh, I believe it was cut. Cut. So, I mean, we haven't seen much from him. And Desmond Ritter – um, apparently he's the smartest QB that, that was drafted in this past draft. So we'll have to see what what's that about. And like he said, Cal Pitts would definitely be the, the highlight of this. Uh, but, of course, in football, you got to play as a team and you can't do it all by yourself. So I got them going 2015. Next, I got the Panthers going 7-10. and 10. And that's just me being a little generous um, because – their defense can get it done in some games because defenses, defenses, oh my God, defenses win championships. But I don't think they're going to win the championship. I just think they're going to win a few games. The defense, um, they're still figuring it out on the offense. Hopefully, they can have um, Christian for a whole season. Uh, we haven't seen him in I don't know how long, two years, if not longer wrong about that but hopefully he's back and he's healthy back to doing what he was um next guy the Saints going eight and nine vision like the Saints like that right eight and nine like they're not too good they're not too bad um, James Winston, we got to see how he plays a full season. We've seen two games, am I right? Uh, seven. Seven? The first seven games of the, this past season. Um, yeah, I mean, you just got to see how that offense clicks together. You got to, like, like dude said, you got to see if you have Michael Thomas for the full season. Um, yeah, I mean, they still have a pretty solid deep paper. You got to see how everything clicks for them. And last but not least, I got the Buccaneers winning this division 13 and 4, um, 3 and 3 in the division. Um, reason why I got the Bucs going 13 and 4, they literally had these 
past few years, just minus a few names, but also them losing names. They all they've also gained names, like Julio, uh, Russell Gage, uh, Shaq Mason, and others. Um, this team is just going to be nice again. Like I, I honestly think they might run the run it back to the Super Bowl. All right, next uh, division we're going to be predicting is the NFC West. And here's where the bias comes into play. Um, <laughs> NFC West, at the bottom of the division, I have the Cardinals going 6-11. and 11. Now, Cardinals have started out strong in the past uh, two seasons, but ended um, kind of deflated. Um, I think the Cardinals don't figure it out at all this season. Um, losing a lot when D-Hop is gone, Kyler Murray underperforming, and this is just going to lead to a, a, a disaster. All the distractions coming from, you know, the stuff in Kyler Murray's contract, that's stirring up some stuff. It's just going to be a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of things culminating together to create a 6-11 and 11 season in ultimate failure for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh Third in this division, this is this is exactly where the bias comes into play. Um, on on the more optimistic side of things, I have Seahawks finishing with a winning record somehow at nine and eight. Now they started. Now to be fair, they start off the season with a lot with, with uh, four winnable games. Week week one versus the Broncos. Uh, a lot of people won't call this game winnable, but it'll be. It, it's just a lot of factors going into it that. Uh, could lead to a win. They have Detroit, uh, I believe, and uh, San Francisco and Atlanta. So uh, maybe a little biased, maybe a little optimistic on my side. Uh, uh, Seahawks nine and eight. Um, third and uh, second in this division, I have the Rams going ten and seven, the reigning Super Bowl champs. Um, I don't think they'll be just as good as they were last season. Uh, they didn't lose much. They lost Von Miller. Uh, other than that, they didn't lose that much. Um, but I don't believe the Rams will have the same level of success that they had in the previous year, which is really all I have to say about that. And finishing first in this division, I have San Francisco having a bounce back season at 13 and four, uh, kind of dominating through this regular season. Um, San Francisco still good. They have a really good defense. They have Trey Lance at quarterback now. Uh, they have a pretty decent running back room, and you have Debo Samuel. So, uh, Kyle Shanahan is still an offensive genius. Um, and I believe that San Francisco is going to be doing great things throughout this regular season, which is why I have them going thirteen and four and winning this division. Now look, I, I like the Seahawks as a franchise. Them being on a rebuilding path, I don't see games. I, I just can't see it. Like, I mean, these games might be dog fights, but I just don't see them winning. Um, but next on my list, I got the Cardinals at ten and seven, 
uh, going three and three in the division. Um, I just feel like the Cardinals going to be the Cardinals, and I feel like their defense can get it done in a lot of cases. Um, so. And, oh, God, my audio messed up. I got them going 10 and 7. Um, next, I got San Fran going 11 and 6. Uh, I feel like that's a that's a nice San Francisco record. Not not the worst at all, not the best, but definitely a playoff caliber team. Um would definitely be in the divisional round once again. Uh don't know how that might end off, but hopefully this time they win because I was going for them last year. Um but you know, like Lou said, they got a nice offense. Trey Lance starting at the QB finally. Uh, nice backs. Debo Samuel. Um, who's the other receiver? Always oh, really Brandon Ayuk. A healthy George Kittle. A nice, decent O line. A nice defense with head Hunter Fred Warner. That team can do a lot. So I think they might be something this season. Uh, first on the list. Of course, I got the Rams. I got them going 12 and 5. Solely because they're, I mean, I just got them winning a lot of these games because of their, the roster differentiate. Like, their roster looks a lot better than these teams that they're playing this season. And they're winnable games. So, got them going 12 and 5. Um, their defense is very stifling. They really haven't lost much. They haven't gained much. So, it's going to be the same team as last year. All right. And now the final division to uh, predict for is the NFC North. And to start off, I have the Chicago Bears going 1-16. I All think right. the Chicago Ooh. Bears have a have uh, a bottom two roster in the NFL um, just under – the uh, Texans. I, I I see them mustering out maybe three or four wins realistically, but one in 16 is really where I see them at. They have a terrible offensive line. They have potential at the QB spot, um, but you're never going to see anything from it with a dog shit O-line. Um, your receiving core is Darnell Mooney and whoever else you have. Um, your running back core is uh, David Montgomery, and that that's it. Your defense has declined since 2018, where uh, your Super Bowl window was uh, for the first time since 1985. Um, Chicago, I'm sorry, but y- y- you're not doing anything in my book. Um Third in this division, I have the Minnesota Vikings going eight and nine, which is not a bad record for me for the Vikings. You have Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is going to be Kirk Cousins. Uh, you still have Adam Thielen. You have the uh, sensation Justin Jefferson. You have a pretty solid defense. You still have Daniel Hunter. Um, you have uh, I'm blanking on his name, uh, Harrison. Eric Kendricks. You have Harrison. You have uh, Kendricks. Uh, you've got um, some playmakers on that team on the defensive side. So eight and nine isn't really a bad record for me uh, for the Vikings. 
And my surprise team, the mo- the team that is going to break out and surprise the most people this season is going to be the Detroit Lions. And I have them going 10 and 7 and coming in second in this division, which is going to sound crazy to a lot of people. But the Detroit Lions have uh, – have quietly put together a really good offseason, acquiring Jamison Williams, the uh, the speedy wide receiver from Alabama. Amon Rossi Brown had a breakout season last year in his rookie year. And uh, Jared Goff is a game manager, get Jared Goff. Um, I don't see him being, like, terribly bad. Uh, the defense is quietly really good with um, Uncle Warrior being a great standout corner as he broke out last season with a couple of interceptions to his name. Um, and just, just all together, I think Detroit put the pieces together. They have Aiden Hutchinson from, uh, the hometown man. And, and I think, I think Detroit is going to surprise a lot of people. I'm going to upset a lot of good teams. And I think they uh, come in second at 10 and seven. I can see them losing a couple more games in this, maybe nine, uh, or eight wins, but I see them sneaking into the playoff picture. Um, and obviously, at first in this division, I have the Green Bay Packers at 12 and 5. Even though Aaron Rodgers uh, lost his number one target, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers will be Aaron Rodgers. He is an absolute wizard, an absolute madman. Uh, it doesn't matter who you put with him, Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers. And alongside that top 15 defense, I believe these guys are going to do great things. And Aaron Rodgers will be Aaron Rodgers and lead this team to a 12 and 5 record in winning this division. Okay, just pick for your list. Scroll down so I can uh, see. All right. So at the bottom of the list, um, of course, I got the Chicago Bears going four and thirteen. The four wins were just me being generous, um, of course. Uh, but this is just the Bears. Like Do said, they went from having the top defense. To having a small, tinsy, tiny Super Bowl window to pissing down their leg and ruin it all. They don't even want to uh, pay their best defensive player. How do you expect to get somewhere? So, I mean, they're going to have a terrible season until they can get something going on. Um, next, I got the Detroit Lions going 7-10. and 10. I feel like that's honestly not bad. For the Lions, especially since they're on the come up, um, I feel like their offense will start coming together more and more with players such as Jameson Williams, uh, DeAndre Swift, Amron St. Brown, um, uh, TJ Hawkinson. Their O line is actually pretty nice, too. Um, I can't even think of some of their names. The only one I can think of is. Is it Ragno? Ragno. Ragno. Yeah. 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 The center. And they got people. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That team will start coming together more and more. I'll give them one more season before I decide to give them a winning record. Not saying it can't happen this season. It's that with them being on the come up, they're still young and young teams make young mistakes. Mm hmm. So mistakes can happen. Uh, I got Green Bay went eleven and six, second on the list. Uh, Green Bay, 
and big fours on the offensive side. Devontae, I said Devontae. No, it, that is his name, Devontae Adams. <laughs> um, I mean, like like dude said, Aaron Rodgers is gonna be Aaron Rodgers. Like he's always gonna make it happen. Dude will turn a Walmart worker to a Hall of Famer. Um, with that being said, I mean they're they're winning season until he's gone. Like I don't I don't see a season where they just do terrible unless he's gone. And like like he said, they still have a, a top ten defense. Um, this might shock a few people. I got Minnesota number one in this division at eleven and six as well. Uh, five and one in the in the division. Minnesota and games. Offense for for a while now. No hot play. The QB plays. Kirk Cousins at the QB. You for them. Backfield. Dalen, the group. The team can be really good and they can be dangerous. I don't definitely feel like this season. But yeah, that'll be all for my list. Um, so we we got through all of the regular season. We're gonna have to save playoffs for another time. Uh, probably uh, tweak these a bit through the season. Uh, but but you know, two two pretty good lists. Uh, a pretty good episode from us, if I do say so myself. And uh, that that that's about it for us. We covered a lot today. We covered. Uh, more than I really expected. I was making the script yesterday, and it was like, I was like, damn, this is a lot. It um, is. <laughs> but uh, with if if a lot of news comes out, barring it does, there may be another one next week. But it just depends on how much comes out. Um. But you know, give us a follow on TikTok, Instagram, and uh, Twitter. Gridiron things on all platforms. Uh, listen to us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, thank you for those who joined us live. Thank you for those who listen and post. Um, and we will catch y'all next time.